Chatty Cappies. This is Mini Gabs, where we have many Gabs of Mini Gabs that ends up being long Gabs that were supposed to be Mini Gabs. Kina. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome. My name is Natalie. I'm Kina. (laughs) And I have a special guest today. Also Natalie. Very confusing. (laughs) Natalie's and... Double trouble. (laughs) (laughs) If there's anybody else out there named Kina... Let me know. Then we can have two Natalie's, two Kinas. It'll be fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> yeah. You want to share your discovery? Yes. It's a long one. I'm sorry. And I even went back through to cut some out. And then I was like, no, this is all too important. So apologize mm-hmm. in advance. But this came from Danielle on Facebook. So thanks, Danielle. Because I hadn't actually <laughs> seen this pop up yet. And... Have you ever heard of Bobby Dunbar? That name's familiar. Yeah, it's like, I recognize the name, but I don't know. Century-old, like, true crime case. Oh, is that the kid? Yes. Okay, yeah. For some reason, I hear the name Bobby and always think it's a girl because I went to high school with a girl named Bobby, but it was a boy, right? I went to school with a Bobby Joe. It's the most Southern name. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, they found out who Bobby Dunbar actually was. So most of this comes from an article um, from History by Day, and it's by Gur Tarash. I hope I'm saying that right. Like Gur. <laughs> G-U-R. <laughs> Just assuming Gur. <laughs> anyway, parents can make mistakes, and sometimes those mistakes are worse than others. Take this parenting mistake, for example, not being able to identify your own child. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> In 1912, the Dunbar family went camping near a lake in Opelousa. Oh, I'm so sorry, Louisiana. And happened to lose their four-year-old son, Bobby. Eight months later, the authorities found a young boy who they thought could be Bobby. Everybody was relieved that they'd found the kid, except another woman showed up claiming that Bobby was actually her son. And that's when things got complicated. Whose kid is it? I don't know. Is it your kid? I don't know. He's four? Yes. At this time. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's old enough to, like. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Baby's all look the same. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Very they're either, difference. But yeah, they're true. either really fat or really, like, wrinkly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or both. Like a pug. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. All right. So a little bit more background on this case. Bobby Dunbar was Leslie and Percy Dunbar's first child, born in 1908. The family consisted of three of them and Bobby's younger brother. In the unbearable heat, they decided that they were going to cool off and enjoy some family time together by the lake. August 23rd, 1912, the Dunbars packed up and went north over the city towards Swayze Lake. Louisiana summers are a force to be reckoned with. If the sun doesn't kill you, the humidity sure will. So, in the summer of 1912, the Dunbar family was dealing with the worst of the late summer, so it's no surprise that they'd be heading towards the lake. Despite the name, Swayze Lake isn't exactly a lake. It's actually a swamp filled with gators. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great plans. Yes, this is going really well from the beginning. On the night of August 23rd, 1912, Bobby, who was four years old at the time, snuck away from the family tent and wandered off towards the bayou. That was the last time anybody saw or heard from him. Or was it? When the Dunbars realized that their son was missing, they were naturally horrified. It started an eight-month-long search for the missing boy. Mrs. Dunbar, in particular, was grief-stricken. 
The Caldwell Watchman and Louisiana newspaper featured a story on the incident in 1914 saying, quote, when he, Bobby, was missed, a search traced him back to the banks of Lake Swayze. At first, it was feared that he had been drowned, but the lake failed to give up the body, and the little boy's hat was found some distance from the lake a day or two later. Authorities and locals looked everywhere they could for Bobby. Each lead include they came across was carefully followed up on, but eventually everything led to a dead end and nothing came out of the search. Many people began to lose hope. Percy Dunbar even went as far as to offer a generous reward of $1,000 for anybody who could find his son. In 1912, that would be the equivalent of $25,000. That's a lot of money. And then the town pitched in an additional $5,000. So in total, that would be $125,000 today. Damn. Time passed and even the family itself started to give up. And then one miraculous day, authorities came to the Dunbars with the news that they had been hoping for so desperately. On April 13, 1913, authorities arrested a man who they suspected was involved in the case. It was a traveling tinker by the name of William Cantwell Walters, which is like the most old-timey name ever. He was found <laughs> in Columbia, Mississippi. He'd been traveling with a boy who matched the description of Bobby Dunbar. The same age, blonde hair, blue eyes. It was enough for authorities to take the boys from this guy and send him off to the Dunbars. But honestly, a little kid, blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, that kind of. That's common. When the boy arrived, the parents should have been over the moon. And they would have been, except they didn't actually recognize him as their son. So it hadn't really been that long. So you couldn't possibly have grown up that much to not recognize your own kid. At least I would think. Eight months, right? Yeah. No, like you don't change that much in eight months. Yeah. Yeah. And even so, wouldn't the kid remember them too? Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> At four years, totally. Yeah, kids. Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> we get into that a little bit later. Okay. So, still, despite the initial confusion, after carefully inspecting the boy for identifying marks, the Dunbars identified the child as their son. The news of Bobby's return spread across town, but so did the news that they initially weren't 100% sure the boy was theirs. When the Dunbars returned home, a parade was held in their honor, but rumors started circulating about whether Bobby was really Bobby. So, yeah, small town bullshit right there. In Louisiana, kidnapping is a capital offense. When he was arrested, Walters claimed that the boy was an illegitimate son of his brother and a servant. The servant was in question. The mother of the boy was a woman called Julia Anderson, who had apparently given Walters permission to take the boy with him on his travels. The LA Times reported that Walters tried to claim innocence, saying, quote, I know by now you have decided you are wrong. It is very likely I will lose my life on account of that. And if I do, the great God will hold you accountable. The town, and more importantly, the jury at the trial didn't buy it, and he was convicted of kidnapping. And then someone entirely unexpected came into the picture with a story they didn't really want to hear. Julia Anderson herself. She was the woman that Walters claimed was the true mother of Bobby. The Bobby, not Bobby. And she validated Walters' story. <laughs> Bobby, not Bobby. Yeah. We don't know who he is yet. According to Anderson, Bobby was actually her son, Bruce Anderson. Just like Walters had claimed. However, when she asked to identify the boys or son, she too was uncertain if it was actually hers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Still, upon closer inspection, she said with confidence that the boy was her own. 
two mothers both claiming the same boy as her son oh. is a very confusing scenario. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I can see if you're desperate for your lost son, both of them being completely sure that that's their kid. Doesn't that happen a lot, actually, but usually over longer periods of time, like a baby or a toddler is kidnapped and then parent fixates like years later on an older yeah. child. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, parents' grief is strong. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Reporters had already gone ahead and printed stories about Miss Anderson's hesitation when seeing the boy, even though the Dunbar mother did the exact same thing. But because she was a servant, they said she had loose morals and printed a bunch of really shitty things about her. So she took Miss Dunbar to court for custody, but she ended up losing it. Oh, so gosh. I know it's really sad. The Dunbar's race. No, no. Frankie's saying. Frankie's saying that we need they need to do Hunger Games for the, the moms, like for the boys. <laughs> for boys. What's that Bible story where they rip the kid King in Solomon. half? Yeah, no, Solomon. they don't actually cut in well, half. He, he says it. he's going to, yeah. and then the real mother gives up the child because mm-hmm. she doesn't want him to be hurt. Yeah, and the fake yeah. mother's like, sure, because she just wants to be proven right. Yeah, the Dunbar's raised the boys their own. And they had a few more kids, though they thought it was all said and done. The story of Bun or Bunbar, oh my god, Bobby Dunbar went around the country and raised many questions about whether or not he was truly a Dunbar. Had the child the Louisiana authorities found really been Bobby, or was he the Anderson child? Nobody knew for sure until now. Suspense. <laughs> Even after the case had been put to rest, the Dunbars and the Andersons still had some lingering doubts and questions about what exactly happened in 1913. After all, it's difficult to let go of the fact that your family might not actually be your family. Margaret Dunbar Cutright grew up knowing the story of her grandfather, and she said it was a cloud of question marks in her family lineage. The way she was told the story, the boy, Margaret's grandfather, was indeed Bobby. One day in 1999, Margaret's father, Bob Dunbar Jr., gave her a photo album containing newspaper clips and a bunch of stuff about the disappearance. What began as an organization project soon became an invest. Oh my God. I swear I can talk obsessive investigation of her family's history. She began to question the stories that had been handed down over the generations, started feeling uneasy about it and decided to do some more research for her birthday. Margaret's husband gave her a card to the library of Congress. That's a hell of a present right there. Ooh. No, it's like unlimited information. And she spent weeks <laughs> in the reading rooms there researching a little bit of history she could find. She discovered that despite what her family had been telling her and everybody close to her for so long, Julia Anderson may have possibly been telling the truth. And then she decided to reach out to the Anderson family. Linda Trapper is Julia Anderson's granddaughter. All her life, she had been told that her uncle had been kidnapped by the Dunbar family <laughs> and that they had raised him as her replacement son for the one that went missing on that fateful camping trip when margaret dunbar came into the picture they decided to form an alliance to try to figure out what had actually happened in 1913 it wasn't easy of course it had been almost 100 years since then so what could they possibly do but both women were dedicated to the cause as they progressed with their research the two women discovered a gold mine of information they reviewed the legal files between walters and his lawyer back in 1913 and discovered letters from Julia Anderson to other key witnesses of the mystery. 
They also uncovered an anonymous letter from somebody who called themselves the Christian woman. Again, very ominous. The letter was sent to the courthouse in defense of Walters and Julia Anderson. What it contained really struck a chord with Margaret and managed her to change her entire outlook on the case. The letter said, quote, Dear Sir, in view of human justice to Julia Anderson and mothers, I am prompted to write to you. I sincerely believe the Dunbars have Bruce Anderson and not their boy. If it is their child, why are they afraid for anybody to see or interview him privately? Oh, fair question. <laughs> Another quote. I would see nothing to fear, and it seems strange. The Dunbars claim that if it had been their own child and he had gone missing for eight months, do you think his features would have changed so much that they didn't know his moles or scars? Also, another fair point. This is a farce. <laughs> if the Dunbars do not know their child, who has only been gone eight months by his features, then they don't know him at all. After realizing that the Christian woman had a point, Margaret went to her father, Bob Dunbar Jr., and asked for a DNA test. He had been denying all along, but after seeing this evidence, he decided that he would finally you know, succumb to the DNA sample. She hadn't expected results to come so quickly, but over the phone, a lab assistant relayed her news that would shatter her entire family's foundation. The results did not match. Her grandfather was not Bumby. D- Bumby. Oh, my God. Bobby Dunbar. Why is this so hard to say together? I don't know, but I like Bumby. I'm <laughs> favorite so far. Bobby Dunbar, who had gone missing in 1912. It was, in fact, Julia Anderson's missing son, Bruce. Poor Bumby. Yeah, and that dude got, like, tried for kidnapping. He's telling the truth the whole time. This whole thing sucks. <sighs> that poor kid, though. That had to have messed him up. Yes. As time went on, Margaret started to seriously contemplate the fate of her, the real Bobby Dunbar and the possibility that he had fallen to the swamp. She recalled that the hat that they found washed up on the banks was practically agreed upon, which I think is old-timey speak for destroyed. They said it probably wouldn't be too far-fetched to say that he died that night in the swamp. A small child against an alligator didn't really stand a chance. Though the Dunbars had won custody of the boy, she claimed her son. She still had her doubts about whether or not he was his child. As a mother, she probably felt guilt. Quote, I think she had to have some, on some level, known. And maybe she didn't. I don't know. But she might have just been in denial her entire life. It's really Hmm. sad. Another quote, from everything I've heard, she truly believed that was her son, Bobby, but I can't help but wonder if maybe underneath in that place where you don't go and you can't talk about, she must have known that this was not the child she birthed. She had to have known. Yeah, I think so, too. I think if you're in so much denial, even maybe your subconscious can probably cover that up. And as he grew older, there was reason to believe that he knew, too. In 1932, Bobby, (laughs) it says, quote, Bruce, Dunbar was 18 years old and reporters approached him because they were like, oh, man, you're the stolen child of yesteryear. Tell us how you have fared. And when he was asked about his memories, he says he doesn't remember a camping trip. He does remember Walters, but he just uh, doesn't quite remember anything before that, which is kind of odd, too. Yeah. But if you're a small child being told that you're somebody and you don't want to disappoint anybody else, then everybody's making a big deal. Maybe you shut those things off. Yeah, you're going to eventually believe it soon. But he does recall that when he was with Walters, there was another child. The media began to speculate and start rumors that Walters was responsible for kidnapping both Bobby and Bruce and that Bobby had died. 
So that part is still a mystery, whether or not he died in the swamp or if he was the boy that died with Walter. So it doesn't really end very well. Thank <laughs> you. <Tina. laughs> but I think it's really, I've heard the story, I think on other podcasts, but. Uh, I think I'd seen pictures on Facebook recently, but I hadn't read what yeah. it was. This just popped up on my feed and I, I skimmed it, but I didn't read all the details of it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it's wild. I see it in Law and Order all the time. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've had an episode with this type type situation yeah. when the lady Several. tried to kidnap <laughs> what she thought was her child. Yeah. Or or she lost hers and just trying to find a replacement, thinking that it's her child. And so yeah, no, that's happened on a few episodes. Criminal minds, I'm sure, too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Sadly, it happens quite a bit, I suppose. Enough for it to be on every show ever. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought solid researching, though, on their part. Take up things 100 years old to find that out. That's pretty cool. It's pretty hard. <laughs> the power of so, libraries. <laughs> what did they test the DNA against? Did they have something with his DNA on it? Oh, the uncle. So, or the brother. So Bobby's actual brother, they Bruce's brother. Yeah, they could test DNA from that side. Oh, okay. And then her dad was supposedly Bobby's kid. Ah. Yeah, I was wondering that too. And then I Googled. I was like, oh, okay. So like, I don't feel like his clothes or anything would still be <laughs> left sitting around. I wonder that too. I'm like, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's kind of like those people that swear they've tested the DNA from like Jack the Ripper murders. And I'm like, no. Just stop. Yeah. Even if there's like a trace there, it doesn't mean it's not contaminated or degraded. Oh, it's probably yeah. so contaminated. And I know we've I talked about that John Mulaney sketch where he talks about old timing crime scenes. We're like, oh, blood, let's mop that up and let's walk all over this evidence. And how about everybody come in here and eat this cake or whatever? Yeah. There's literally yeah. a story where there's like a mass murder and the whole neighborhood tromps through the house and then eats the cake they'd baked right before they died. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> no, thank you. That's <laughs> no, a pass. <laughs> oh, yeah. A hard pass. Just touch everything so they can never, there's no fingerprints back then. But if there were, <sighs> it's the same thing as like the shawl that supposedly the victims, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. People just trying to make money, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. This looks old. Let's make it famous. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> or like basically anything. Like, oh, I have a popsicle. Let's make it famous somehow. You know, tape it to a wall, put it on a cat. Say it looks Just like Jesus. Anything. Yeah. Looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. It tells your future somehow. It heals, you know, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> uh, indeed. <laughs> so what did you discover this week? Is it? less depressing than kidnapping and gator food uh yeah most definitely i just buy anything would be better than that um like depression wise (laughs) not better in story because it was a good story thank you my story is about a lady named mary fields she her nickname was stagecoach mary i found her through uh hell on wheels I guess that's the new outliner for me. Um, (laughs) 
add that to the bingo sheet. Yeah. Though I just finished it. So I'm going to probably start talking about it less. Just rotate Natalie's show. It was Gargoyles. <laughs> now it's Hell on Wheels. Soon it'll be like Shameless or something, whatever I'm on next. But on Hell on Wheels, they had Stagecoach Mary, and she was the first African-American Postal Service lady. Oh, cool. I know I've known that name, but I didn't know. That. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't remember why I knew that name. So she was born in like the 1830s, not exactly positive. Died in 1914. She was an American pioneer. Uh, she was born into slavery, slavery, sadly, and not much is actually known about her early life. I try to dig a little bit, but there's little to no info. But her life just like exploded after the Civil War. Um, like in the late 1870s, she became a housekeeper at a convent in Ohio, and she still had a close relationship to one of the family members that owned her, but like they actually build a close friendship. And so, um, and the lady was actually much older. So she kind of actually stayed with this lady, Mother Amadeus, and took care of her for a long time. Um, what I think is cool, and when I found this out, I thought of Yukina. Miss Fields was six feet tall. Oh, hell yeah. And weighed 200 pounds. And she could kick ass. She was like a super tomboy. She she didn't, she wasn't into the frilly things. She would rather go, like, even though she worked at a convent and, like, was around all these nuns, she was spending her nights at the saloon with the boys drinking. Oh, <laughs> hell yes. And not, no, not one of the party girls dancing or whatever. Like, no, just taking shots of whiskey or bourbon or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, and, and she would do maintenance and repair, like she in gardening, like she was just one of the guys, basically. And I just thought that isn't that so cool? Because um, not only like as a racial perspective, um, but also as a gender and just being a cool badass of everything. Eventually, though, there was an issue. She got in a gunfight with a man. Oh, no. After one of those balloons. I mean, she made it. She was fine. She kicked ass. <laughs> um, but the bishop heard about it and kicked her out. I was oh. like, nope. Oh, boo. Um, so she said she'd try to open more restaurants in the town of Cascade, which is like, I believe Montana is what it said. But they didn't, they didn't work out. I don't know if it was because of the gunfight or maybe because of her gender or her race or combination of all three. But it didn't work out. But eventually, in 1895, Fields acquired the Postal Service contract for mail between Cascade and St. Peter's Mission. Uh, her dedication and reliability to this w- was amazing because that road is difficult because you're just in this waggy bag. Blah, blah. This uh, <laughs> wagon and this buggy. I try to combine buggy and wagon. This bag. Combining like three words. God. You're chilling with Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> horses, and there's like Native Americans, you know, engines. <laughs> so incorrectly, but uh, thinking of that time. And it was just, it was rough. And 
But she, like I said, she was a scrapper. And so she worked the Postal Service for eight years, retired in early 20th century. And she ended up opening her own little laundry service and babysat children and just had like a nice little uh, retirement. Still at the saloons, though. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Never stopped. <laughs> God, what a badass. Um. Apparently, at one point, she met the actor Gary Cooper, when, but he oh, was wow. at the time, and she even appeared in Ebony magazine in 1959. So she got featured at one point, and uh, but that is, that's it. Stagecoach Mary. I just thought she was just a cool badass. Just I can Google that. Forward thinking for her race, her gender. That's so everything. cool. I've heard the name, but I didn't know any of that. Yeah. And that her her character is in Hell on Wheels in the like the last season or two. And the lady that plays her, I don't think she's the right height though. That I'm like now that I know that she's six foot in real life, I'm like, man, I wish they had gotten look at that oh, bad ass. Wow. <laughs> she got a thumper and a gun. <laughs> lady. That's all you need, I guess. <laughs> Oh wow, that's so um, cool! Oh, in the show, she um, even though she didn't, I don't know if she had the hype because you know it's hard to tell because it's TV magic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Tom Cruise is like so tall, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, but the lady that played her did a really great job. Like, she went into a saloon and they weren't going to serve her because of her race and her gender, like regard whatever direction they like, they're like, no. <sighs> and it, they played it more actually to her gender versus the race in the show. But regardless, they weren't going to serve her any drinks. So she made a bet. She's like, okay, I'm going to bet you I can knock you out at one punch. And if <laughs> I do, you're going to give me two, two shots of whiskey. Um, <laughs> spoiler. She did it. She went <laughs> like, she just went, like it was just like a nice little pop and it was perfect and he was down and out even lost a tooth and she like collected it <laughs> oh my god that's amazing i love her i don't know how much of that represented her real life but i'm like i hope that's true somehow somewhere oh, that's hilarious <laughs> you know no dude is ever gonna be like backing down to the x they don't believe no. it could hit you that's hilarious i hope it's true to go jar tea somewhere me too knock assholes out <laughs> yeah she's cool she's a cool lady I'm, I'm happy how they represented her in the in the show did a good job oh cool alright so Natalie let's see okay. <laughs> I'm just going to assume every Natalie is talking about you <laughs> like okay. no. now what and this one, re- also, I'm, I'm leaving mine as Nat. So if, if it, you can also simplify stuff. Do you? I will answer to Nat, though. <laughs> I was about to ask, like, does your family call you Nat? Or Yes, ev- everybody calls me Nat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my best friend growing up was also Natalie. Oh my God. <laughs> so that was from, like, 5 to 18, she was my best friend. So Aww. we had to go by middle names. <laughs> and what's your middle name? Jane. Oh, cool. Aww. I like that. 
Me too. There's a nice ring to it, especially some like, huh, I would be okay with that if that was mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so you used to live in Arkansas, now you're in California. What brought you yep. there? So I majored in theater. And I don't do cold weather, like really cold weather. So I couldn't go to New York or Chicago. <laughs> so I came here, tried that for a couple of years. Didn't happen. Now I work in animal welfare. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like, what what do you do? What's like a day to day type name? Um, I, I work for Best Friends Animal Society. It's a national animal rescue. Mm-hmm. I work at our LA facility in the cat department. I'm like mid level management cool yeah so i work all day with kitties oh, hundreds great. and hundreds and hundreds of kitties <laughs> like my dream job <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it's huge too being in such a large city yeah and fun fact you might not know so cats go into heat when it's warm mm-hmm. we live in the desert <laughs> so we have a cat problem <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! I guess I've never thought of it because we have seasons in Arkansas. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're. I don't know if it's up and running yet, but they're looking at building uh, best friends. I believe in Houston. Oh, okay. Like a, think, a center. They have people who work there out of the local shelters and kind of help them. Mm-hmm. But they're looking at building their own place in Houston. I was oh. there. We were there after Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. Um, pulling animals out of the water and I mean I wasn't I was there like a month afterwards but yeah we made a lot of good connections and yeah yeah that was a bad one yeah yeah there's even houses where I'm at that have damage from Harvey and we're pretty far inland we're about two and a half hours away from Houston oh wow yeah wild I just feel like those sort of things it's so hard to recover from collectively because it's so expensive mm-hmm. to replace everything oh yeah i know that i think louisiana didn't they change the law that you could take your animals because i think katrina they were like leave your animals behind you oh yeah so now, now i, I wasn't working i was still in arkansas when that happened um but i know some people at my company who went to the uh, Katrina rescues pulling animals out and it was really bad and so a lot of groups really pushed to change that legislation because they weren't letting people take their animals so thousands and thousands of animals died I just I can't imagine the heartbreak of losing everything yeah. and then being forced to lose your fur babies it, too I get if it's a large breed animal like a horse or a cow or something mm-hmm. like that it's going to be really hard to last minute get out but like a dog or a cat that can squeeze in the car with you i just don't get why you can't yeah i don't either that breaks my heart yeah Uh, quick something funny (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um does your family still live in arkansas or are they in california Uh, no they're they all over the place um most of my like my dad and my sister still live in Arkansas. They actually live in Cabot now. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my dad just moved up there. My sisters lived there for a couple of years, but my dad just moved up last year. Um, he re- retired and moved up. And I have family in Tennessee. Um, 
and yeah, I have like a great aunt in Northern California, but I never see her. I'm not super close to her. Yeah. My family, every time I visit, it's so when are you moving home? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to break it to you. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't. It's like, I. Give up California for Cabot, Arkansas. (laughs) They were like, oh, they're opening a, like an art center, a theater, a community theater here. And I was like, so? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) And those where you are, too. Like, okay. Yeah. Nothing against Cabot. It's probably about, it. well, it is the highest rated school in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. It's like, that's a really cool place to go. And it's cheap. That's all I got. It's really boring. There's nothing there. Yeah. Walmart. I visit it twice a year and I'm like, I'm good. My like one week here is, it's good. I have to stay in California, but I don't want to move back to Arkansas. It's kind of like growing up in a small town and even moving to Little Rock, like being around actual things to do. And yeah. And when you go to bigger cities and you're like, I don't want to go back to where there's nothing to do. Yeah. Everything shuts down at 10 and. There's no like museums and yeah, uh, like close to big cities. I like, I like a, having a wide variety of food. Honestly, it's probably the biggest thing. <laughs> I know it is, is it? <laughs> like I can go, I can literally walk two blocks away to a family Thai restaurant, and like two blocks that way to authentic Mexican, and I'm just like, I'm good. I'll stay here. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> that's my biggest argument. So this whole coronavirus thing, right? In San Antonio, oh, they yeah. pulled everybody off the Diamond Princess and brought them to San Antonio, and they let somebody go before, before the dormant period. Like it can be dormant for like what? What is it? Like twenty something days or something? Anyway. I have heard that the um, they were quarantining people for like 14 days. Maybe they, I don't know that here, yeah. but I know in other countries they were, um, you know, good governments were paying people to quarantine themselves. Yeah. So they have everybody in San Antonio from the cruise ship and they let a girl go and they didn't test her. And it was before the dormant period. So she went to the mall to eat at Chick-fil-A. Oh. And God. then she tested positive. So they shut down the mall to like deep clean it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, she's obviously not from Texas, right? Because she was on a cruise. You're very smart. You come to South Texas where it's the best Mexican food and you go to Chick-fil-A in the mall when you get let go. I'm that's probably the thing that bothers me not the most. Not the coronavirus part, but like, why are you going to the mall Chick-fil-A? I don't understand. Uh, so I know people like that. They they only eat at chains. I'm like, can you Charlie something? Yeah. Like, come on, there's, there's good stuff. My aunt's like that. We went to Ireland and she only wanted to eat at McDonald's. I was like, oh. are you kidding me? Oh no, <laughs> I would die. I'd be like, yeah, you go to McDonald's. I'll be over here at the pub. I can get trying it once because like they have different mm-hmm. menus. Like if you're really, like if you're a McDonald's fanatic, okay, I want to go once and see what the Irish menu is like. But every meal, oh no. Yeah, I went once in Paris just because they served booze, and I was intrigued. Oh. Like, that's so weird. That's fair. I, I'm I'm with y'all. Like just to <laughs> it, just to see like how they can take a picture and be like, look, booze in a McDonald's. 
and it had a full pastry bar thing too. Oh. Like, man, everything had pastries in Paris. But I was like, look at this school. And he like dogs could come in. It was very different. But yeah. In Ireland, no. Oh man, no. Food. And then she wanted to order a pizza. And I was like, what is wrong with you? No. No, no, no. I was like 15. I was like, I'm gonna disown you. I'm gonna wander the streets alone. Which I did. And turns out there was a serial killer at that time, and there's a documentary on Netflix about it. And I was like, thanks, mom. It would have been awesome if they had footage of like you walking down the street. Like- <laughs> Well, my mom said that later she found out that he was like kidnapping people my age with long dark hair and like I, I perfect put the profile and I was like I wandered around that place by myself the whole time we were there. <laughs> mom, thanks. Oh gosh, love you, mom. She's on Patreon. She'll watch this. Sorry, mom. <laughs> you know it's true. Yeah, I love California. The no humidity is delightful. It's a little too dry where I am because oh, okay. it's desert and it actually, I had to stop wearing contacts when I moved out here because it was oh. so dry. Oh, wow. I never thought yeah. of that. I, I was like, why am I getting migraines all the time? It was because my eyes were so dry. Oh. Wow. But when I go up into the mountains, I'm like, ah, perfect. <laughs> nice, like 30% versus like 2%. Yeah, that's true. Wild. Yeah, I've only been to San Diego. Yeah, San Diego is better because it's a little more coastal. It's the first time that my hair didn't frizz, and I was like, "What is happening? Why is my hair so perfect?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, humidity." <laughs> Did you go to Old Town, San Diego? Uh, I was around the aircraft carrier. <sighs> if you ever go back, you would die. Old Town, San Diego is like a preserved historical square, <sighs> like all historical buildings and museums and shops and restaurants it's fantastic people are like dressed up and they do reenactments it sounds amazing yeah there were random donkeys there and i was like i must touch uh listen i went there to visit an ex and he was in the navy Uh, he only took me to fucking chick-fil-a again with the chick-fil-a if you're going somewhere new why why chick-fil-a it's good but not in a new place you can have that at home there's so many good restaurants in San Diego. I'm sorry. I didn't even get through the ocean. He really sucked. I'll, I don't, I'll be honest. I Suck. haven't gone to the ocean in like almost two years. Oh. <laughs> How far away are you? Mile-wise, not far. But traffic-wise, it would take a couple hours. And oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I, the, water on this, the water on this coast is cold. Mm-hmm. Year round, it's cold. My sister didn't believe me, and then she came out in the middle of the summer. It's like we're going to go swimming in the ocean. I was like, well, you're going to go swimming in the ocean. <laughs> she got like ankle deep and was like, oh, okay, we're good. The locals are used to it, so they're like whatever. And I'm like, no, I like warm water to swim in. Mm-hmm. I, there are lakes like within camping distance, so I'll go do that. But yeah, I don't yep. surf or anything, and I. I sunburn after like 10 minutes. So I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I don't think I have the coordination to surf. Or oh, the- it sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> you have to like pop up. and I, Yeah. I, my body doesn't move that fast. That and I, I have a healthy respect for ocean 
predators. I'm like, that's your territory. I'm going to stay in my territory so you don't have to eat me. I know. You go out there and you flop around like a seal and then you get surprised when a shark's like, ooh, dinner. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I've watched Shark Week. I know how this works. I'm like, level expert. (laughs) Yes, they can hire me. Are you reading any books right now? Uh, I just started, it's not a storybook. Um, it's a book about the, uh, what's it called? I don't remember the name, but it's about the, like the science of cat evolution. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm reading that for work or feline science, I guess, just in general. But what I've read so far, he's talking about how, um, cats are not domesticated and that we've never try like with dogs we bred them for like herding or protection or we bred for specific behavior traits Mm -hmm. but cats weren't we never bred cats specifically to make them act a certain way Um, recently people have bred for looks but have never bred tried to breed the wild out of them if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i don't think that's possible yeah i don't think so either they're stubborn he was (laughs) he was making the argument that because like like Cats in general are overpopulated, and it's the number one most killed animal in shelters is cats. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of places are doing like TNR, which is trap, neuter, release, or SNR. When the public brings in like a neighborhood cat, they'll spay and neuter it and take it back, um, which is good because then they're not breeding. But he's pointing out that, but through these programs, the cats that are getting, and through like just spay and neutering your domestic cat in your house, the cats that are getting spayed and neutered and not reproducing are the ones with the good behavior traits. So the ones that were not spay and neutering that are still reproducing are the truly feral cats. So long-term, we may actually see cats de-domesticate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, what's doing it wrong? Make them have babies. <laughs> I've never thought of it, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So instead of Planet of the Apes, we're going to have Planet of the Cats. Oh, yeah. I would like it. I'd be okay with Overlord Cats. (laughs) I think it's basically my job right now is, yes, master, here's your dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Or you don't like the salmon, let me get you the tuna. You know, that's what what I do. (laughs) Oh, one of my favorite memes is that the Egyptians thought cats were gods and cats never forgot. I'm like, oh. oh yeah yeah pretty much oh. i love them for it <laughs> oh, me too fun thing is at our work if you ever end up in los angeles uh, we have a kitten nursery during the summer oh. with little tiny witty bitty babies that we bottle feed oh. yeah so oh. it's all the cute things it's around the clock, too. So if you're a night owl and you live in Los Angeles and would like to bottle feed babies at midnight, <laughs> volunteer. That's really fun. It is. I like how Japan has like little kitty cafes where you have coffee I, and hang out with cats. I went to one when I was in Japan. I was like, I must go to a cat cafe. <laughs> and my friend was like yes i understand you cat lady this is before i had this job so it's been i've been training my whole life for this job basically 
Amazing. <laughs> and I am with, because it's weird because cat cafes in America are usually run by nonprofits that are adopting out the cats they have mm-hmm. versus Japan. It's no, we bought these cats for the cafe and they live here and they are spoiled. They have like maids <laughs> that follow them around and they're like, oh, Mr. Fluffy, let me fix your hair. And they were like, oh, you don't like that dress. Let me put this dress on you. And you can like buy treats to give them. And it was wonderful. I was like, this is heaven. I need to move to Japan and work here. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I've yeah. seen like videos and photos. Man, it just sounds like a I, really good time. When I was there, it was around Halloween, and all the cats were wearing Halloween costumes. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yes. And they had a little monkey cat, and they put a costume on it. And he didn't like it, and he just like did a possum, and was like, Whoa. <laughs> and they were like, oh no, oh no, and they had to go take it off. Like, this is great. Oh, that is so cute. My friends were like, can we go now? And I was like, no, never. Not done. Not done. You just pick me up later. Like, <laughs> pick me up on your way to the airport to go home. <laughs> uh, I do not blame you at all. No. Uh, where else have you traveled to? Uh, I actually was in went to Scotland when I was around sixteen for a theater trip. We did it. They have a big, um, the world's largest theater festival is how it's sold. The Edinburgh French Festival. So uh, we were in London for a couple of days beforehand and did two weeks in Scotland and we're performing and watching performances. And I was wandering around by myself like you were. <laughs> um, were different times back then. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, all my friends were like, oh, we want to go like find the cute boys from the sky. I was like, I'm going to go to the museum. There's a castle <laughs> on that hill. I need to. There was some like monument to some writer, and I can never remember who it is, but it was like, you can walk up it. And this was like super narrow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, doo, doo, doo. and I got really claustrophobic. And then people were coming down, and I was like, I don't, there's, uh, so I had to, like, <laughs> back down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. But it was great once I got to the top, and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> Someone come airlift me down. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, I love that. I really yeah. want to go to Scotland someday. Oh, it's so pretty. That's somewhere else I would totally be okay with moving if I could job wise figure that out. Like Scotland is beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and very chill. Oh. And I like southern accent, so <laughs> Oh, do you like? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Um and this was uh, I was still in high school. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and they're all like oh where are you from and we you know everyone when they think southern accents they think more like georgia bale yeah. and so yeah. we go oh we're from arkansas <laughs> go, oh, Clinton? Go, oh yes he's our good friend <laughs> i always told people in europe i'm like yeah he's my cousin i'm from arkansas we're all cousins <laughs> you're like oh, checks out <laughs> I have a picture somewhere of my dad standing near him. It was like at something at my dad's college. And like, if you take it out of the newspaper context, it looks like just some people hanging out talking. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be like, see? (laughs) 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 But uh, we got free drinks because we said we knew Bill Clinton. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. Oh, I didn't know. We got a discount on a book. So that. Yeah, I I approve of that one. <laughs> I was in a 
book thrift store because that's the sort of person I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. I approve. I would be there too. I I like bought books on Scottish wildlife and plants and a book on famous European dogs. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, I too last time I went to Europe came home with like my carry-on full of books and I was like, why did I do this? Because it hurt so bad. I had bruises. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. And I overseas I've only been London, Scotland, and Japan. And I traveled over a lot of the United States, a lot in the South, been to Texas, Florida, New York, Boston. I oh, drove I- out to California, so we pit stopped everywhere mm-hmm. and did touristy mm-hmm. stuff and yeah. you know, went off the Grand Canyon like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's really cool. That's a, that'd be a fun drive. It'd be long. It, it was really long. It would have been more fun if we weren't moving because then there was the stress of like the deadline of getting there and then we had like a trailer full of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would like to go back to the Grand Canyon. Do you have any hobbies? Like, are you crafty or do you just like watch a lot of TV or cats? <laughs> petting cats is a big hobby uh i <laughs> used to scrapbook when i had more space but i live in like a super tiny studio so i don't do that anymore um i play video games some cool. when i have the money to afford video games which isn't very often uh watch a lot of vlogs i like to watch vlogs of people who live in other places <laughs> so that I know, like, oh, when I visit there, I want to go eat here, and I want to go see this place, and it's great. It's like a tourist guide, but with real people. Oh, nice. I about that, actually. Yeah, food vlogs. Oh, my gosh. I have, like, a list of places in Japan. I'm like, so we have to go eat all these places next time we go? Because since we went there, like, four, year- four years ago, yeah, one of my favorite vloggers moved to Japan, and I was like, oh, okay, so... I like sent their channel to my best friend who's Japanese. So I was like, mm-hmm. here's all the places we're going to go next time. And she was like, oh gosh, do you realize these are all over the country? And I was like, bullet train pass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's really cool though. Cause you can get places really fast in Japan. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot easier than here. Cause it's the size of a state. It's true. Yeah. yeah. A smaller state. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, it's been so fun having you on. Yes, thank, thank you so much. Interesting life. Yeah. <laughs> and I really want to go to a cat cafe in Japan now. <gasps> Wait, I, there, you know, there may be some in Texas, Kina. Ooh, um, I know, there are some floating because <laughs> we have them in LA and we've had them for a while. So I bet Texas has some too. I bet yeah. Austin, I have all that. Yeah, now. or like yeah. Illinois. <gasps> We could yeah. open one in Little Rock. <laughs> right? Come on. Oh, it would, I would, but it would set off my allergies like so crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
There used to be one in Austin, but it's permanently closed. Oh. The sand. Yeah. Still, I just want to go to Japan too. So I just like, let me just add that to the list. Well, tip from my best friend from when she lived in Arkansas, it is cheaper to buy two separate tickets, one to LA, and then buy one from LA to Japan. If you buy them as one continuing trip, it costs you several hundred dollars more. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. So, she, so even back then, she would do like day trips in LA and then go. From LA to Japan. That makes sense. That I mean, you don't have to stay. Sometimes you would just do like a four-hour layover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just significantly cheaper. Anyways, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming. Thank on. you. And it was really cool to be jealous about your job. <laughs> and <laughs> I wouldn't be jealous. It's very stressful. <laughs> I bet, but still, like, I bet it's rewarding, too, though. It is, it is. It's, you do it because it's, it's helping someone, mm-hmm. even if it's an animal. Yeah. Oh, no, they're people. They are people. <laughs> and other people, too. Yeah. They are. Uh, because that's my mom. She's like, no, that's your sister. Like, to all of our mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my mom does that. My sister's like, that is not my brother. No. And I, and I was the one like, yes, that is, that is my sister. I, yeah, I rolled with it. I'm like, okay. And because I'm like, I, to her, I was the child that could fend for myself and the rest like needed help. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Anyways, but thank you. you thank you. Okay. I, I really enjoy talking with you and this has been really nice really fun yeah and we'll have you back because we'll have to loop around after we get everything yeah. <laughs> I don't have actual s- stories maybe like history and things for you by then <laughs> so, that'd be fun that'd be great whatever you want to share I can just be more cat stories I'm up for anything oh I have so many. I can just do a slideshow <laughs> of like, look at all the cats from my three years of being a professional cat lady. Here's every cat. That's what I tell people. I'm a professional cat lady. They pay me to be cat crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's really the dream. Yep. <sighs> well, all right. I'm thoroughly jealous. <laughs> all right. Well, bye. <laughs> I'll see you. Bye.